I am so glad Mackenzie sat down with me for an Orange Sox interview about her two children. Her first child, Trevor, has Down syndrome. And hoping for a child without disability to be a buddy and help to their son, they wanted to have another child. Unfortunately, this child, Maylee, had diaphragmatic hernia, cystic hygroma, renalogenesis, and other issues. Maylee passed away one hour and six minutes after she was born. I appreciate Mackenzie's honesty and learning her very tender story. So Maylee Grace, she is our second. Um, we were so excited to find out that we were pregnant with her because we felt like having Trevor having a sibling would help him so much with his development. You know, when he could see that a younger sibling was doing things that he was taking a while to do that it would, you know, motivate him to get going. So we did um, the cell-free DNA testing at my first appointment because of Trevor. You know, we wanted to be a little more prepared this time than we were last time. So we did that and everything came back okay that, you know, there was no genetic issues, no Down syndrome, no Turner syndrome, you know, all these other things. And so we were feeling great. Um, I went in for my 20 week anatomy scan at my doctor's office and his ultrasound tech had a hard time with the, the images because there was not a lot of amniotic fluid and the baby was small. And so she just thought that, um, you know, maybe I ovulated a little bit different date than we thought. And so I was behind a bit from where we actually thought my due date was gonna be. So she said, come back in a couple of weeks and when the baby is a little bit bigger and we'll be able to see more. So we said, okay, we weren't worried at all. The next day my doctor called and said, I'm not too stressed, but I want you to go to a specialist at maternal fetal medicine just to make sure everything really is okay. You know, they look at babies all day, have a little bit more training, you know, than our technicians do. So just want you to go in there. So I did, and I wasn't worried about it. It was the exact same office that we'd gone to with Trevor um, just a couple years before. And so I went by myself thinking that it wasn't gonna be a big deal. And what I thought was going to be a quick appointment turned into a two-hour horrible news appointment. Um, as they were looking around, they saw <clears throat> that Maylee had a lot of birth defects. And at the time, I didn't know, I didn't understand a lot of what they were saying to me. I didn't understand, you know, their vocabulary, but um, there's about 10 things on this list that were problems and three of them were pretty fatal she had a diaphragmatic hernia so you know her diaphragm didn't form all the way and it left a space I think it was on her right side um, for her liver to kind of float up into her chest cavity and so her liver was pushing her heart over so her heart was out of place um, she only had one kidney and she also had a cystic hygroma on the back of her like neck and head area. So any of those things by themselves are not good news. Altogether, they were really horrible news. And because they were all together along with some other more cosmetic issues, I guess you could say, um, they thought that it was a genetic thing. They were a little bit confused because they saw that I'd had a cell-free DNA test that came back all right. And so they decided that I should probably have an amniocentesis test done because it's a little more in depth, you know, and it could catch 
they hoped what was happening and see if this self-free DNA test results were like a false negative or something like that. So a couple days after that initial appointment, we went in for the amniocentesis and waited for those results. They came back and there were no chromosomal issues. So we were frustrated because it's not like we wanted her to have, you know, Turner syndrome or trisomy 13, something else. But at the same time, having a name to the diagnosis would have helped so much. So we were just left with all of these abnormalities that they told us would either cause mainly to be stillborn or die very shortly after birth. And um, the doctors talked to me quite a bit about terminating the pregnancy because there was just no viability for life. And they just didn't think it was a good idea for me, you know, emotionally, physically to, to carry her. And of course, there was no way I was going to terminate her. Um, I wanted to carry her as long as possible. You know, we didn't exactly know when things were going to happen, but I'm so glad that I stuck with her as long as I could. <laughs> How did you feel about this? Because you already had a child with a disability. Mm -hmm. And uh, what was that like? Tell me a little bit about your, your, your first child. So Trevor, he will be two in March, and he has Down syndrome. So we, when we got pregnant with him, we didn't even consider tests or anything, you know, to test for Down syndrome or chromosomal issues because I was young. I thought that, you know, those things happened more in older women. Um, we just didn't really think about it. And so with Trevor, again, 20-week scan, they saw that the ventricles in his brain were a little bit enlarged, so that have like cerebral spinal fluid in them were a little bit big. So my doctor wanted me to go to maternal fetal medicine, have them look at it. They were very, very mildly enlarged. It was mild ventriculomegaly. They were, I think, like a millimeter over what the normal range for them was. So again, we weren't very worried. We go in there. And um, the technician's looking around, you know, everything looks good. We couldn't see his heart very well because he had his arms crossed over his chest, but everything else was okay. So then the doctor came in and said, you know, it's a very mild case of ventriculomegaly. It will most likely resolve itself on its own. We'll keep watching you to make sure it doesn't get worse or a lot bigger, but I just want you to know that this could be a soft marker for Down syndrome. And when it's your first kid and you're 25 years old, when you hear the words Down syndrome in a doctor's appointment, you know, you just, you freeze up, the world stops. You're not quite sure if she really said Down syndrome or not. Um, so we were quite shocked and she said, well, what questions do you have for me? And we were like, my husband and I, we, we didn't know what questions we should have. You know, we didn't know about healthy developing babies and like non-healthy babies, we had no idea. So we went home that day and tried to process everything and think about what to do because the doctor did mention that, you know, there were, there were options. We could terminate the pregnancy and that was totally okay because, you know, Down syndrome is a serious disability and they would understand, but it was our choice. And it didn't take us any time at all to, you know, decide that we weren't gonna terminate. Um, and so obviously we continued on with Trevor's pregnancy. I decided to not 
even have more invasive testing. I didn't want an amniocentesis. I didn't want to do CVS because I felt calm about the whole thing. We were worried and we were scared because we didn't know what that meant. We knew very little about, I guess, the details in Down syndrome. I had interacted with plenty of people with Down syndrome in my life, but I didn't know what it was like to raise a child with Down syndrome. Um, so we were a little bit worried, but we decided to just kind of let things go. And as long as we could see that Trevor's heart was healthy, you know, that we would just try not to stress about it. You know, and I ended up having a fetal echocardiogram. Trevor's heart was fine, which was a big relief because a lot of the times children with Down syndrome have heart problems and other serious anomalies that accompany it, but Trevor didn't, and so we felt great. And so I think initially finding out that in that first appointment that he could have Down syndrome, that was really hard. That was our, I guess you would say like big grieving moment. Um, I know a lot of parents who have a child with Down syndrome are surprised with it at birth. You know, then at birth they have to go through that big shock and coping with that new diagnosis. We did that, you know, around the 20 week scan. And so by the time Trevor was born, honestly, I wasn't even thinking about Down syndrome. And it wasn't until I was in the recovery room after my C-section that the pediatrician came in with my husband and started talking about, you know, his initial little exam that he'd done on him that he thought there was about a 50-50 chance that Trevor could have Down syndrome. And I was like, oh yeah, I forgot. <laughs> like this was maybe even going to be an issue. And I'm so grateful for the way that it happened for us because we were able to have, you know, that time to really be upset um, before Trevor was born. And so that when he did come and he did end up having Down syndrome, we were okay. By that point, you know, it was still a little bit scary. He ended up being in the hospital for five weeks just because he was small. He was five weeks early, so he had to learn to eat and breathe on his own. But other than that, it was okay. So you already had a child with a disability. You had a kid with Down syndrome. So you had high expectations for your second child. Mm -hmm. And then you found out about all of this stuff that was going on. And, and the doctors told you that it would be fatal. Is that right? Yes. What were your thoughts? You know, when I first came home, because like I said, I went to Mealy's appointment at Maternal Fetal Medicine by myself. Um, I held it together together pretty well while I was there. I don't think I started crying until about the last 10 minutes because I was just in shock. When I got home, my husband was still at work, and so my sister and my mom were here. And when I walked in the door and saw them, I was just sobbing and sobbing, you know? Because you don't, again, you don't go to an appointment and hear that you'll be lucky if your baby's born alive. And I could barely even speak to my mom and my sister, but one of the things that I did say was just that I was so upset and confused and angry because I didn't understand how there were families that could have four, six, ten kids be perfectly healthy, and I couldn't even have two that seemingly were not okay. And that was so frustrating because, like I'd mentioned before, we had so many hopes and dreams for what Mealy and Trevor's relationship would be like. And to realize that that wasn't gonna happen was so hard. 
And I remember thinking back to when we found out about Trevor's diagnosis a couple years before, I went home that night and was talking to my mom about, you know, him possibly having Down syndrome. And I said to her, oh, this is like, I mean, I'm glad his heart's okay. Worst case scenario, he'll have Down syndrome. And then I stopped myself and I said, whoa, whoa, whoa. Down syndrome is not the worst case scenario. Like, at least I'm still gonna have a baby. You know, fast forward two years to experiencing all these things with Maylee and I am living that worst case scenario, you know, where Down syndrome or some other diagnosis is not the worst thing in the world. Realizing that the worst thing in the world is that, you know, your baby's not gonna live. And at that point, wishing she had Down syndrome, you know, wishing she had something that maybe would cause her to not have a typical life, but that you'd still get to raise her and she'd still get to be with you. So it was hard. We were confused about, you know, why Trevor's random Down syndrome and Maylee's seemingly random problems were in our family. And so it's been, you know, we're still going through this questioning process. We're still not quite sure what caused all of Maylee's problems. Um, We had a full autopsy done after she passed away and we're still waiting for those results to come back. So hopefully they'll have some answers. To be quite honest, we don't think they will, but then we'll go from there. So you were, with this second pregnancy, you were encouraged by the doctors to abort the baby. Mm-hmm. Um, why did you decide to keep the baby? I think a lot of it has to do, you know, with our religious views. Um, we're Christian. We don't believe in abortion, but I would like to think that even if I didn't have those religious views, that my personal morals and values would lead me to keep a child. Um, I just know that life is sacred and it's not something that we get to decide when to end, you know, and I didn't, not once ever in my mind did I think that it would be a good idea to terminate Maylee's pregnancy or Trevor's pregnancy, but especially Maylee's, even though her problems were so much more severe than Trevor. Trevor really didn't have any problems because his mild ventricular megaly did go away. It wasn't a big deal. His Down syndrome was the only thing, but it was it was hard as a mom wondering if Maylee was suffering or not with all of her problems. You know, she only had one kidney. So she wasn't, you know, the reason why she didn't have very much amniotic fluid is because, you know, it wasn't going through her body like it should. You know, that whole system, that whole process, it wasn't functioning. And um, so it was hard having the faith and I guess hope that she just was okay and that she wasn't suffering, that as long as her heart was beating, that she was all right. Um, So even though that was you know, just constantly praying that she was okay, there was still no way I was ever going to terminate. So, how long did she live after she was born? So, Maylee was born at 12.34 p.m. (laughs) on a Friday afternoon, and then she, the pediatrician was there when she was born and was constantly checking for, every few minutes would check for a heartbeat. We really did not expect her to live at all, and we're hoping for two minutes after she was born, but she lived an hour and six minutes. So at, yeah, just a little after 1 p.m., our pediatrician called her time of death and 
It was hard, but it was very peaceful. We were so grateful that we got that much time with her because we weren't expecting to have more than a few minutes with her. So that was truly, we felt a miracle. What did you do during that time? Did you hold her or did did have family around and all that? So we, I had a C-section because I hoped that Mealy would survive that birth better. I was afraid that if um, I had a vaginal delivery that, you know, that it might be a little bit too much stress on her already really fragile body and that she wouldn't survive that. So she, like I said, she was born alive. And my husband and I were in the, obviously I was in the operating room, but my husband was with me. And the hospital was so nice and extremely accommodating because of our situation. And so normally, you know, you're not allowed to have anyone in the OR, but they let my sister be in there. She's actually a labor and delivery nurse at that hospital. So they let her be in there too. And she took some pictures for us and a few videos. And so that was amazing. And we cherish those now, you know, that we have. And then... So my husband and I, we stayed in the OR with Maylee while they continued, you know, to stitch me up and things. And then when they were done, they asked me if I wanted to stay in the OR, if I wanted to go to the recovery room, or if I wanted to go to my postpartum room where my mom and my husband's parents were waiting with Trevor. And we decided that we wanted to go to the recovery room and spend some as much time with her as we could. So we went in there and then we had my sister go and grab Trevor and bring him into the recovery room. And that was probably one of the most special moments of my life. Um, Getting to have that time as a family of four is so precious and we were so grateful that we had it. And so we spent a few minutes with Trevor, you know, just my husband had him in his arms and helped him to touch Maylee and, you know, stroke her soft, fuzzy hair. And we took a lot of pictures and took a lot of videos. And we just really tried to soak in that time that we had as a family. Um, And then we had Trevor, I'm not exactly sure if he was in the room when Maylee was gone or not, but um, after, you know, she had passed away, um, we went back to my postpartum room and that's when, you know, my husband's parents and my mom got to got to hold her. So they, I mean, we didn't have any family, extended family, really, or even immediate family, see her when she was alive. But we did exactly what we wanted to do because we didn't want to have any regrets. And we're so grateful that we did it the way that we did because we got a lot of really precious time with her. So if, if, um, if I was in your situation, Knowing what you know now, what advice would you give me? Oh my goodness, that's a loaded question. I would tell you that being a parent is the best thing that could ever happen in your life. Even if the child only lives an hour and how many minutes? Six minutes. An hour and six minutes. <laughs> Absolutely. I think, you know, I would tell you that it would be it's going to be hard you know you'll be you personally will be tested your marriage will be tested you'll go through a lot of ups and downs but that if you can just keep in mind what your end goal is which for me you know was to just 
have my baby in my arms. I didn't care how that was. I just wanted to be able to hold her and have her. If you can keep that angle in mind, I think it's all worth it. I mean, we were extremely lucky and really blessed that Maylee was born alive and that we had her for a little over an hour. We would have felt so grateful that if we only had her for five minutes. You know, so many parents don't get that opportunity to have their living, breathing child with, with them for any time at all. But I think even in the case of a stillbirth, you know you're a mom, you know you're a dad, you know that's your child. Um, newborns look a little bit funny right when they're born, but you can still pick out you know, the traits that your baby has that are yours or your husband's or whatever. And so I guess I would just say, don't lose hope. There's, of course, going to be some sadness, but there will be so much happiness and you will create memories that I truly think will last a lifetime. And as far as Trevor as well, I mean, Down syndrome is not scary, especially having, you know, our situation is pretty unique, contrasting Down syndrome with things that can be so much worse. Because I think in life, it's easy to get caught up in what we think our problems are. And then we might kind of beat up on ourselves and say, oh, it could be so much worse. Of course, things could always be worse. Um, I don't think it's healthy to invalidate your feelings or frustrations. I think it's important, you know, to experience those emotions and really feel them. But at the same time, I don't think it's good to wallow in them, you know. So I'm grateful that we were able to get over that, you know, bump of finding out Cherry had Down syndrome. And yeah, it could have been worse. It was worse with Maylee. Um, so I think that really helped us to appreciate Down syndrome, which might sound funny, but we really do. You know, it's not scary. We're, we are very fortunate where Trevor doesn't have any other health problems, but it's still different. We have a lot of therapy. We still have more doctor's appointments than we probably would if he was a typically developing child. But, you know, being a parent is a joy, no matter what your experience is. It's hard, but everyone's parenting experience is hard. It's just harder for different reasons. <laughs>